0: hello everyone welcome back to a new episode of the sensory podcast this is Mehmet and today i want to come back to um, two basics on our espresso recipe you may have noticed that we have created a new page where we publish and update regularly all the recipes of, uh, of coffee recipes with tools that we're using on a regular basis and i wanted to start this series with espresso espresso Has been this really long time recipe based on one kind of coffee with very strict rules uh, such as a one to two ratio, a 25 to 35 seconds uh, extraction time, etc. etc. And with um, the start of more modern, um, I would say, roasting uh, styles and roasting profiles. We've noticed that those classic uh, recipes doesn't create necessarily tasty coffee for that kind of coffee. So, through now decades, we've been doing a lot of um, you know, classes, educational um, thing in the coffee industry based on this idea that espresso is you know medium, medium dark, something average and. Sort of classic. However, nowadays we have uh, access to excellent um, roasters, external roasting um, styles that uh, that give us excellent filter coffee. But sometimes on espresso, we we struggle a little bit. So one thing that uh, that we do is either to change slightly the, the roast profile, which is something we do, or adapt those recipes. Right the Uh, those recipes are not uh, kind of uh, marked on on stone. We can really play with them. Why? Well, the idea of making an espresso is to make it tasty, right? Is that it tastes good. The only rule of espresso is that you use an espresso machine. That's it. The rest, we can play with it. That's the only, the definition of espresso uh, some people say it's kind of fast, but it's, it's basically a coffee that has been uh, brewed, extracted with pressure. How much pressure? We can also play with that. And throughout now the f- uh, last four or five years, there's been a lot of um, research on pressure pressure profiling and an espresso to break those boundaries. Now, at this time in, uh, in August, here's with the coffee that I have our espresso recipes and um, and tools we're using for, for espresso. So I will first introduce um, the parameters and the sort of environment and the context where we are talking uh, about now and then about the, the recipe in itself. So first, um, in espresso it's, it's about the coffee, the machine and, and the technique. Let's talk about the coffee first for espresso uh, i'm using actually exactly the same roast profile that i have for filter and i just extend my development for 15 seconds that will allow to mute down a little bit um the acidity and kind of create a slightly smoother uh, approach um before let's say two or three years ago i used to really extend it for 30 seconds or even one minute nowadays because I adapt all the parameters, I want to keep those, those inherent characteristic of the coffee that I like. And that's why I only extend it for uh, 15 seconds and one degrees, one, two degrees. It's basically almost the same color, honestly. Just um, the outside, uh, in terms of Actron color, will be the plus minus uh, three, four points. But the inside will be uh, slightly darker Uh, Than a filter profile, which is light sometimes extremely light in my in my case uh, Because I've extended my roast for a little bit more. So that's about my um, Espresso profile, but you can use any coffee on espresso. You just need to play and adapt second thing still on the coffee um, aspect is um, your resting time and that is really important that's where waiting is is such a pain but believe me with a light or light to medium profile I will really suggest not to pull a shots before seven days uh, after the roast profile after the rose date sorry um, so wait seven ideally even 14 uh, 14 days and uh, and you'll see how the uh, the pressure the, the, the flavor profile really picks and uh, is much more pleasant than when it's a little bit too fresh. So, degassing and letting the coffee rest just a little bit is, uh, is really great. Something that you can do is, is buy maybe a large amount, like a one kilo or five pounds, and see how that coffee evolves through your usage and see where you really like it the most. Uh, second is, so here I'm talking about the coffee, then the, uh, the machine. And that's where really uh, the most you can uh, afford, the better. Here uh, we're talking about the espresso machine and uh, the grinder as well. And we all know that the grind quality is a huge precursor of, um, of extraction because of this grind size distribution. So that's another story. There's a lot of brands and espresso machines out there. Um, we are using the, the classics, La Marzocco and uh, and uh, commercial grinders. But at home, I know that because I've worked a lot with the Breville Sage um, brand, that they do a very great job in terms of um, of home uh, home setup as well as a decent uh, espresso as well. And the Linear Mini and all those home machines are excellent to pull um, kind of really uh, professional shots, professional level shots in uh, at home. One thing is the water. And for water here, I am using 175 ppm as calcium carbonate. So that's more than my filter. And that's because I'm really, I don't want to have too much harshness in uh, in the coffee in the acidity. So I am having actually 100 ppm as alkalinity and um, 50 as calcium and 25 as magnesium. Here, I don't wanna put too much calcium. Calcium can create a very nice kind of texture and um, an extraction, like 50 power per million is not, is not a lot, but that will be my limit because it can also build up limescale if you use your machine, let's say like a cafe, for example, and then it's all about your maintenance um, schedule. So whenever whatever water you're using, it should have some calcium, um, and uh, hence it builds up some lime scale. It's totally normal. It's wear and tear. So just make sure that you are uh, flushing your groups, flush sorry, um, cleaning your pipes and etc. on a uh, daily, weekly, monthly, and uh, annual basis as well. All right, that was about the machine and the uh, coffee. Let's talk about the uh, recipe now. For the recipe, I'm, uh, I'm going for a um, 1 to uh, 2.5 ratio as a starting point instead of a 1 to 2 ratio. This helps really to reduce that intensity and kind uh, of balance the flavors by basically uh, pushing a little more water through the coffee puck. It's like if you're making a pour over and let's say you're stopping halfway, it's gonna be quite harsh, but if you go all the way, you can really see how it's a little bit more pleasant. Uh, when you wanna have a plan, let's say, like a 12 grams, 200 meal, if you stop at 150 versus 200, you see how, where your preference is. And for espresso, with our roast profile, I suggest to start on a one to 2.5 um, ratio. Um... Another thing is that I'm using a 18 gram VST basket. The VST brand uh, is ultra precise in the um, holes. Sounds a little bit weird, but uh, not all the brands of baskets have homogeneous size of the holes and uh, equally sort of distributed. I didn't know that four or five years ago, so I stick to VST for that. And although I'm using 18 grams basket, I'm actually putting 16 grams of coffee. Why? Well, when we're using a light coffee or light to medium coffee, you want a decent amount of buffer between the top of your um, coffee bed and uh, the shower screen because as the coffee absorbs the water, it swells a little bit. And what happens when you put 18 grams on an 18 grams basket? Well, uh, the puck touch the uh shower screen and that will obstruct the flow and create some inconsistency so slightly underdose uh your basket and here 16 grams will be the minimum i will go i won't go for 14 grams because then i'll rather use a 16 grams basket so i'm using the 18 grams basket i'm putting 16 grams of coffee my yield is um is sort of 38 40 so like a 1 to 2.5 um ratio I keep the water temperature at 200 degrees Fahrenheit or 93 degrees Celsius, I don't touch those things. And now when it comes to the extraction, if you can, if it's possible, please do a pre-infusion. That really helps to create more, uh, more clarity in the coffee. And uh, especially in the beginning of the extraction, you want a little bit more homogeneity. It's like the bloom, right? When we bloom coffee, we, we really want to, um, to wet all the grounds to, so that it's all saturated. Well, if you attack your coffee at nine bars immediately, unless it's a medium or dark roast, you will really saturate all the grounds. But with lighter roasts, which are more you know uh, resistant, sort of, and with more air, with more CO2, and more soluble material, it will take more time or will be a little more uh, tricky and consistent. So, if you can allow a pre-infusion of at least um, 5 to 10 seconds, um, different... I'm still experimenting here on the pre-infusion with 5 and 10 seconds, and then the, the total brew time instead of having like a 30 or 35 seconds, where it goes really, 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 really slow, I like to go a little bit faster to keep it between 25 and um, and 27 uh, seconds-ish. So that will give me like a, basically you pre-infuse for five seconds and then extract for 20 seconds, sort of. Or you pre-infuse for 27 seconds, sorry, uh, seven seconds, and then a 20 seconds of uh, of like, the Actual, um, actual like nine bars of uh, of pressure. And that pre-infusion pressure, you can kind of play with it. And that's still a discussion that we, uh, we're experimenting. What is that pre-infusion pressure? Is it one bar? Is it zero bar? Is it five bars? Is it uh, 4.5, which is half? Is it uh, eight bars? So that's something I'm still um, experimenting. Right now, I'm keeping it about uh, three, uh, three, four bars. But I'll see if I go lower and extend that pre-infusion. How it uh, how it works, but if you can do it pre-infusion, um, just do at least like five, seven seconds uh, if the your machine allows you to, and then a brew time of um, of, uh, of of twenty twenty five uh, twenty five seconds. It works the same like the first the first droplets, right? If you don't have this pre-infusion um, uh, tool, well then you count, that's why we're counting 30 seconds on average, uh, because we include that time where the coffee absolutely actually absorbs um, the water. But that absorption phase, if you can do it at lower um, lower uh, pressure, it will allow the, the remaining extraction to be slightly more even. Um, something I haven't mentioned about the machine, i am just remember right now, is if you can afford it, try to have a dual boiler, um, dual boiler machine that will allow a better thermal stability uh, so it can really uh, preserve the heat because every time you are flushing, it's uh, it's losing some, uh, some heat and heat is our energy. So if you can have dual boiler, it will kind of compensate for that um, heat loss. In terms of... So in terms of uh, perk preparation, it's quite important, but it's quite quite simple. Just keep it uh, the minimum that uh, that won't really uh, impact too much the um, the uh, the coffee. The whole sort of idea of perk preparation is not to mess up. And um, one thing that I've, the first thing that I've invested and that I really saw a better, I would say. Um, effect is really a flat temper a good flat temper um it's, it's it's kind of crazy to see that in some espresso machines it's it's sold with a temper that is actually concave a little bit round. so make sure you have a flat temper uh, that fits the whole the the all diameter of your uh, of your portofilter and i found that for the 58.4 the classic sort of size the barista hustle tempers does a good job for that. A distribution tools, uh, so those uh, can be useful. Um, is it is it really 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 uh, helpful? If you can uh, adjust the height, yes. If not, not really. Uh, why? Well, you remember I'm underdosing my um, my basket. I'm using sixteen grams in eighteen grams basket. So sometimes when I put a classic distribution tool, like a no-name, no-brain one, um, actually doesn't do anything. So I stopped using distribution tool, unless um, you have those expensive ones that can adjust the uh, depth of it. The, uh, the uh, YDT tool and a dosing cup, this is, to me, I, I really saw a huge um, a huge improvement, because even though you have a very great grinder, um, the environment will affect how it creates clumps. Some days are hotter, sometimes are, are colder, some days are more humid, and humidity will create a little bit more clumps. So, even though you have like a two, three, four thousand dollar grinder, if your environment is humid, at the end, uh, it's gonna create some clumps. So, that's why uh, now I always grind on a dosing cup versus directly on a portal filter. And uh, so it's, it's, a, it's one more step, basically. It takes a little bit more time, but then when you actually dose it to your, um, your portafilter, then you can use a YDT tool, which is just uh, some needles that will break those clumps, And that's where I can really see a better improvement in, uh, in the extraction. Um, and you will see it even better um, if you can perform that, uh, that pre-infusion. Now, uh, how to adjust your grind size? Well, as I said, I try to stay in that 25, 30 seconds range after that, uh, after my, um, with my, my total uh, brew time, a little bit less than, uh, than, than before. And that's because if you, if you use the great, uh, the, a great water with a decent amount of water, so here we are pushing 2.5, right? We are having more... Water to go through. If you go to 35 seconds, it may, you may get some uh, astringency through it. Here, I really want to keep the clarity of the coffee. And clarity and this kind of really clean taste on espresso is very hard, because espresso uses a metal filter, right? I mean, at the end of the day, it's just it's a metal filter. There are techniques by using an AeroPress filter uh, to create an additional It's It's great. I tried it but it's an added step and um, when you when you when you discover something uh, the question is are you gonna apply it in your daily routine your daily life and for this espresso pack prep or, or paper I, I did not even though it tasted good i would rather work on my pre infusion uh, to really create a great sort of Bloom or stability before the full nine bars of pressure that will give me a tasty cup of coffee That was about our Espresso recipes and our new thoughts on espresso. And I'm sure this will always uh, always change and evolve um, As it did uh, from the you know, 10 or 15 years ago where we stick to a 1.2 ratio uh, now, we can see that with a lighter profile, we are moving towards a um, bigger ratio. Number one, a better, um, better machines. That's number two. Three, a good, uh, a good water with enough alkalinity to kind of mute down this acidity and create a more balanced experience. And four, if you can, a pre-infusion. That will really help um, create some, um, some clean taste. And uh, and really really taste the espresso without adding, you know, hot water or diluting it further. Um, that's my um, objective really for um, for this year. Is really to, to really nail the espresso recipe, and especially that pre-infusion phase, which I found really interesting, on how um, on how it it changed the profile. It's it's really. Uh, it's not just like, oh, we're blooming for 30 seconds or 45 seconds or one minute in a pour-over. Here, it, it changed the entire dynamic of this espresso, And I find it amazing that when you actually break the boundaries of something, you're entering a new world. So let's see what that world is about. Thank you very much. And see you next time for another episode of the uh, Sensory Podcast.